Welcome into another episode of Locked On Phillies. In today's episode, we're going to break down a recent interview that Dave Dabrowski gave on Sports Talk Radio. So we'll get into what he has to say about how the offseason has gone so far. A very interesting breakdown. And then there have been some rumors about Kenley Jansen with the Red Sox potentially being on the move. And are the Phillies a landing spot for him? We'll break my thoughts down on that as well. And then Opening day is 48 days away, so we'll pick the best Philly to ever wear number 48. This is kind of a tough one, and not in a good way. <laughs> we'll discuss it all on today's episode of Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I'm Connor Thomas, your host. Thank you so much for checking us out. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube. That really helps me out. Just click that subscribe button. It's free. It takes like two seconds. Gives you notifications when new episodes are posted and helps me out significantly. So I appreciate it. Uh, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And I got to give some credit out before we get into what we're getting into first, right? Uh, this interview with Dave Dombrowski was conducted by the competitors to my uh, regular day job. Uh, so I work at 97.5 The Fanatic. 94.1 WIP here in Philadelphia did this interview. They did an awesome job with it. Credit where credit is too. I can't say that on the Fanatic for obvious reasons, but here on uh, Locked On Phillies, unaffiliated. Great interview with Dave Dombrowski. And also I got to give some credit to the folks over at The Good Fight, uh, Philly's website, Philly's blog. Uh, they did a nice little breakdown of everything that was said too. Uh, I caught bits and pieces of the interview, but this is a fun, extensive breakdown. So if you want to go listen to the interview in full, you can check out IP. If you want to read a little inter- or a breakdown of the interview, I should say, go ahead and check out The Good Fight. So got to give credit to the folks who got the information, and uh, it was really great work by them. And I'm happy to bring you my thoughts based on what was said. So uh, let's go ahead and run through some things that Dave Dombrowski brought up, and this was this week. So it is up to date on what's going on with the offseason what has went right, what has went wrong, all of that stuff. So let's break it down. Um, he did agree that it was a quiet offseason, and he made sure to say that quiet doesn't mean inactive. But uh, the first real big goal, according to Dombrowski, was to get a starting pitcher with Aaron Nola becoming a free agent. And what they did was they re-signed Aaron Nola. That gets underrated big time because he was already here, and everyone's like, oh, well, we already know who he is. Can you imagine what this team would look like if Aaron Nola walked and they hadn't signed anybody else? Wheeler's your one, Suarez your two, um, probably Christopher Sanchez your three, Walker your four, and then who's your five? Matt Strom for a long period of time? Uh, I mean, you would have to bring in somebody else that we're not familiar with that's nowhere near as good as Aaron Nola. Like, yeah, that's a, um, that's a big, big signing for the Philadelphia Phillies and just around baseball. So, uh, that's a fair point. Um, also, Dave Dombrowski goes on to talk about another pitching free agent. 
<laughs> Listen to this quote. I think people would be shocked if they found out how much money we put on the table for him. But he wanted to go to the Dodgers. That was just the way it was. And, of course, that's talking about Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I think people would be shocked. Man, there have been reports that the Phillies offered the most money to Yamamoto. It sounds like those reports have some grounding in fact because the Phillies are still aggressive to add where it's smart to add, but some of these players that are available are either don't fit the scheme for the Philadelphia Phillies or rather the needs, um, aren't skilled enough to warrant uh, you outbidding other people, are skilled but older and don't fit in the plans the right way like this is just a weird free agent market because a lot of stuff hasn't settled yet but that shows you that if the phillies find the right potential candidate in free agency or the right potential trade candidate they're still willing to be very very aggressive in choice circumstances so for anyone who thinks they're okay just running it back part of what's dictating that is the market Yes, I think Dave Dombrowski is comfortable with his team compared to what's out there. But also, like, I think that this is a team that if they get an opportunity for someone well below market value, they could pull the trigger. I just don't know who that's going to be at this point, and neither do they, because it's been such a slow developing market when it comes to free agency. Now, let's talk about some guys that are actually here, right? Because Dave Dombrowski was asked about Johan Rojas, and I just said in a episode earlier this week that the Johan Rojas situation is one of the more interesting storylines coming into spring training. Is he going to play every day in center field? Is he going to be in the minors? What does his future have for the Philadelphia Phillies? Because I like his potential. And when asked if Johan Rojas will be a starter in 2024, Dombrowski said likely yes, definitively no. And also went on to say that he thinks he can do enough offensively. And when you add his speed in there and his defense, he becomes a real plus. I mean, couldn't have said it better myself. Great speed, great athleticism, great club in center field. A huge part of an outfield that is not plus defensively without him. They're solid defensively without him. But with Johan Rojas in center field, this is a better than average outfield. Like, I firmly believe that. With Marsh and Rojas, and Castellanos in right. I think this is a better-than-average outfield. And that's a good thing to have when you have a better-than-average infield. And then you have a better-than-average rotation, and a better-than-average bullpen, and a better-than-average offense. The Philadelphia Phillies are just a better-than-average team. But Rojas is interesting because there were so many questions about his ability to hit the baseball. And it seems like, because that's a different kind of um, tone than what we heard in the exit interviews when the season ended, about like how we'll have to earn it and we'll have to see and battle in spring training. It seems that either the market has changed, there's not been any type of internal growth from other candidates to play center field, or Johan Rojas has done something this offseason to make the Philadelphia Phillies feel that he is worthy of the spot of starter in center field and everyday starter in center field would be the next level to that. We'll get to see here in just a, a couple weeks in spring training action, whether or not Johan Rojas actually looks like a guy who could play center field for the Phillies all year, uh, all year long. Remember we didn't really see much of Johan Rojas or think about Johan Rojas until what August of this past year. So seeing him for whole spring training with the focus on what he could be, we're going to learn a lot as a fan base, and the organization's going to learn a lot. So we'll see how that plays. Um, 
And then uh, he was asked about prioritizing young players playing time. And he, he mentioned that in the outfield, what ends up happening is there's some people, if you try to sign them, they say, we want to be your left fielder or your center fielder. I've already told you. This is me talking. That was a quote, but we're cutting out real quick. I already told you they're not going to do that. They're not going to block Rojas and Marsh. They're going to bring in guys who are deft pieces, or if they're going to bring in an upgrade in the outfield, it's going to have to be a significant upgrade. And I don't think that player exists right now. Cody Bellinger might be it, but I don't know if I'd commit the amount of money that he's probably going to earn. So it doesn't seem realistic that they're adding anyone who's not comfortable being on the bench. Um, And, Giving Rojas the opportunity, Dombrowski continues, those are things we just can't do. Uh, but yet we look every single day and you just can't tell what will end up happening. Um, and he said, I can't tell you that somebody doesn't fall in your lap at some point And you say, gee, that's an opportunity you can't turn down. That's what I'm saying, right? Like everyone's so worried about that. Like you never know who's just going to be sitting there with no money offered or very little money offered that would be a great fit for the Philadelphia Phillies. And they say, screw it, let's go. Let's go ahead and sign that guy. Like things change all the time. Um, and I, I guess the last couple things here that we'll get into Andrew Painter doesn't sound like he's going to pitch in 2024. Dave Dombrowski said he doesn't want to put the pressure on him and rush his rehab. Uh, so maybe things will progress faster, but he's not pitching in 2024, it sounds like. And the Zach Wheeler extension, uh, Dave Dombrowski just said they'd love to sign Zach Wheeler today if they could. I don't exactly know what that means. I don't know if that's putting pressure on him because he hasn't been receptive to extension talks. I don't know if that's, hey, we got to think about the cap numbers and we do like Wheeler, but we just haven't approached him yet. I don't know exactly what that means, but no extension for Wheeler to this point, but they want to. And then on the Bryce Harper thing, it it was basically because he was asked about Bryce Harper potentially wanting an extension. Dave Dombrowski said that pretty much, yo, you're locked up for a while. We'll let you know when we're ready to talk. So that was the breakdown of what Dave Dombrowski had to had to say in his interview over there on 94.1 WIP. So great work on the interview. Great work by the good fight on an article, breaking it all down. Again, check out both those things. And very interesting stuff from Dave Dombrowski as far as what has happened this offseason. Now, something that may be happening coming up, is an all-star closer potentially on the move and could Philadelphia be a landing spot? Well, we'll discuss it as we continue today's episode of Locked on Phillies. First, I want to tell you about Ibotta, all right? The new year for many people, it can mean resolutions to save money. So stop shopping without getting anything in return. Why would you be doing that? You're wasting money away, right? Start getting cash back on every purchase you make with Ibotta. After the holidays, uh, we could always use a little cash in our pockets. Everybody could, especially after all of the gift giving, all kinds of stuff like that. Ibotta is a free app, right? They give you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies, toys, all of that stuff. You're beating inflation no matter what you're buying. The average Ibotta user earns $145 a year. That's just more money you could put towards gas, groceries, uh, different, save it for a rainy day, put it towards your savings, like all kinds of stuff. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip if you want to use it all at once. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. Ibotta, they just, you add offers into the app. And what they do, 
upload your receipt, you get real cash, not points, real American cash that you can cash out to your account or PayPal or gift cards. So join over the 50 million savers and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. So right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying it out. So you use the code LOCKEDONMLB when you register. Just go to the App Store, Google Play Store, and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code LOCKEDONMLB. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKEDONMLB. So there have been some rumors out there that Kenley Jansen is potentially available via trade. The Boston Red Sox have been really, they've been having themselves a weird offseason. They're not competitive right now in the American League East with the Orioles as good as they are, the Rays as consistently good as they are, the Yankees reloading for what looks to be another chance to try and make a run for the first time since 2009. Like, they're trying to figure out how to compete, and the Red Sox are coming to terms with the fact that they can't compete in that division. They just aren't at that level right now. And Kenley Jansen is an aging player who they have under contract for this year. He's 36 years old. Uh, he's going to turn 37. Before, what, I'm trying to do some math. So he's 36 in 132 days. He'll turn 37. Oh, it says it's September 30th. He'll turn 37 at the end of this regular season. And uh, he's a guy that's going to be probably in the conversation for Hall of Famer. Uh, certainly possible that he ends up getting in one day. But more importantly, he's been an all-star as recently as this past year. Last year in 2023, he was an all-star with Boston. He's been an all-star three other times in his career. 16, 17, and 18, all with the Dodgers. But this past year, listen to some of these numbers. A 3.63 ERA and 44 and two-thirds innings pitch. He had 29 saves. By the way, last year he had 41 to lead the American League. Like, or lead the National League, sorry. He was with Atlanta last year. should remember that. Uh, but this is a guy that he's got good strikeout stuff. He's a veteran proven closer. And Craig Kimbrell leaves an opening where you could really use another guy who's comfortable in a closing role. I'll tell you why I think it could be realistic and also why it may not be realistic. I'm going to kind of go back and forth on this one. But uh, basically, there are two teams that are looking to be interested. It's the two teams that everyone has been, has been linked to this offseason. First off, it's the Los Angeles Dodgers, because why wouldn't it be? Kenley Jansen was there for a lot of his young career, and they're a team that seems to have endless cash reserves and want to be as aggressive as anyone's ever been in the sport. So Dodgers are in on them, and the Phillies are also potentially in on Kenley Jansen. And why would the Phillies be in on it? Because even though the Phillies like to pitch by committee in the back end of the bullpen, they don't have like a set closer and they, they don't have guys that go out there and just take care of the ninth inning and sit down. Like, no, they've had a bunch of different guys that play that role. And it's kind of a rotational type of thing. Still though, Craig Kimbrell was a very comfortable back end of the bullpen option. And I know everyone hates him now, right? Everyone loses their mind when you bring up Craig Kimbrell, but in the regular season, he was a very valuable part of what the Philadelphia Phillies did uh, in late innings out of the bullpen, like a really valuable part. I know he sucked in the postseason. I'm not here to defend Craig Kimbrell, right? He was awful in the NLCS. He was probably a big reason why they lost that series and didn't go to the World Series. So 
If you're anti-Craig Kimbrell, so am I get in line. But I'm not going to ignore the fact that he was good in the regular season. I'm not going to say that you don't need someone to make up for those innings. And the Phillies haven't really brought in a major league caliber reliever yet this offseason. So could the Phillies trade for Kenley Jansen? Let me tell you a reason why not potentially. So first of all, you have the Dodgers, and the Dodgers are going to be bidding the price up if they really want Jansen. The Dodgers are more aggressive than the Philadelphia Phillies right now. If the price gets really raised because the Dodgers are like, yeah, well, we have a bunch of assets. We don't care what we pay. We'll outbid anything the Phillies put out there. That's one thing. I think the Dodgers are the more interested party. But another thing is, I think the Phillies look at that closer position as not existent anymore. Like Craig Kimbrell was a Hall of Fame closer. And he was used as a setup man. He was used in the seventh inning. He was used in the sixth inning. I don't think that's right, but that's how he was employed by the Philadelphia Phillies in 2023. If you're Kenley Jansen, do you want to come to a place where they're not going to make you the closer? Because I'd be surprised if they change that around for Kenley Jansen. I mean, the guy's numbers are very similar to Craig Campbell's career-wise. So they have similar resumes and track records. He carries the same weight when you say, okay, Kenley Jance is pitching out of our bullpen. But at the same time, I think he's super valuable in situations where they're safe situations as a closer, not as a utility reliever, like guys like Orion Kirkering or Jeff Hoffman might be, Jose Alvarado might be. Now, if you're going to bring Kenley Jansen in, he's going to want to be the closer. And I don't think that the Phillies are willing to just name a closer and give that position to someone. So that's part of the reason that I don't think Kenley Jansen is going to happen. I know what you're saying. Connor, every time there's a rumor, all you tell us is it's not going to happen. Well, have I been right so far? Because it's just been one of those quiet off seasons for the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, Dave Dombrowski talked about it. Now, quiet doesn't necessarily mean inactive. And you never know who's going to fall into your lap was one of the things he said in an interview with uh, Sports Radio 94.1 WIP. And when I hear that, I say, OK, well, Kenley Jansen might be in the fall in your lap category. Didn't think he'd be available. All-star closer just as recently as last year from the Boston Red Sox, a team that Dave Dombrowski is very familiar with. Maybe he makes that work. I'm not saying that it's impossible. The Phillies were mentioned in the rumors for a reason. I'm saying that it seems to me improbable, and I just listed you the reasons why, but I'd be very happy if they got Kenley Jansen, right? Don't mistake me saying what I think is going to happen for what I want to happen. I think Kenley Jansen would be a nice addition to this bullpen, but I think he'd want to be a closer, and I don't think the Philadelphia Phillies are going to let him close, right? That's just where I'm at. So don't see that as realistic, but – there have been rumors out there, so keep everything, keep an ear to the ground. We'll let you know if we have any breaking news on potential trade for the Philadelphia Phillies. Coming up as we wrap up today's episode and the week of episodes, we've reached number 48 in our opening day countdown. 48 days till opening day. And this one, uh, it's a tricky one. <laughs> I'll explain coming up as we wrap up Locked on Phillies. First, let me tell you about FanDuel and happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. I've already been texting a bunch of buddies about, hey, what do you like in the game? What do you want to do here? What are you betting on FanDuel? Are you going to bet the coin toss? 
I have my coin toss pick. You ready for my official pick for the coin toss? Heads. It came to me in a dream last night. <laughs> I wish I was kidding. I've hit it seven of the last eight years. Bet heads on the coin toss. Make some money on me. That's just a guess, by the way. I'm not a gambling expert. Uh, but FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored in the game, and so much more. Plus, new customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, so we've reached number 48 in our opening day countdown. March 28th is the date, and yes, 48 days until that day. Who is the best Philadelphia Philly to ever wear the jersey number 48? Well, it's a great question, and I don't know that I have a great answer for this one. So we started with Ricky Batalco at 52, went with Chooch at 51, Jamie Moyer at 50, and yesterday Tommy Green at 49. But today is a little bit tricky when you look at 48. So I'm just going to read you through some of the names. You know that it is slim pickings for number 48. Um, Matt Moore wore number 48 back in 2021. Spencer Howard, Mr. Peanut Butter Sandwich, so he could throw more than two innings and run over the first base. He wore number 48. Um, Philippe Amont, 48, north of the border there. Um, who are some other guys? Pedro Liriano wore number 48. Uh, Dickie Knowles wore number 48. There are some old-time guys down here, too, but I got to be honest. So, People are going to look at it and say, okay, well, Dickie Knowles wore 48 for the World Series winning team back in 80. Shouldn't he be the guy? And I looked at his numbers, and he's got like a .4 war ever. And I looked at this guy from 2015. He pitched from 2015 to 2019 for the Philadelphia Phillies. Came up through the system. Jared Eikhoff is going to be my pick for number 48 on the countdown. Jared Eikhoff actually had some solid stats. He had above a four war over the course of his entire career. And he was a starter for the Phillies that had some interesting numbers. Now, he never really had success like crazy at the major league level. But he was just a nice middle of the rotation pitcher for a couple years there. Uh, that is about as good as it gets when you look at the number 48 in Philadelphia Phillies history, in Philadelphia Phillies lore. Not a lot to pick from here. So, uh, yes, a little underwhelming uh, to go from, like, Chooch and Jamie Moyer and Tommy Green to, um, yeah, Jared Eikhoff. But as we get lower into the numbers, we'll get more. And the closer we get to zero, the better for everybody, even if the player isn't that fun to talk about because – that just means we're getting closer to regular season baseball, March 28th, 2024. That's all for today's episode of Locked on Phillies. A reminder, we're going to do Mailbag Monday on Monday. So I'm going to put out a tweet, or you can respond to this episode on YouTube with questions that you want me to answer for Mailbag Monday. So I'll put that tweet out coming up here probably around like 1 o'clock today, Friday. It's February, whatever day it is. I don't even know. I, I never know what day it is. February 9th. Look at that. Uh, so you can respond with questions you want me to answer 
about the Philadelphia Phillies right now. And uh, we'll get into that on Monday's episode. So some fun stuff still to come before spring training actually gets rolling. But yes, that's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for checking us out. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, please make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube, all that great stuff. I appreciate it. And um, I will talk to you next time on the next episode of Locked On Phillies.